0: Hi guys, welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Man V Fat Podcast. I am joined, as ever, by producer extraordinaire, um, fellow um, and all-round good egg, Mr Roman Conrad. How are we, Roman?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. Not only now have you given my full name, you've also given my geographical location, so, you know, if someone wanted to find me, then- it's You're not, not worth be
2: stalking, j- believe me. You're not worth stalking, it's fine.
0: Who's going to want to find you? Yeah. No, you're not born.
1: I thought I was a bit of a big deal, if I'm honest, but now you've just shot me down, so that's it. No, fair enough.
2: He does one little video, and look at him.
0: Hey, one little video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll hear his dulcet tones there. Uh, co-host and all-round, also good egg, Mr. Ross Hunter. Ross, how are we? I'm
2: good, mate. Sorry, I know I've messed up your intro there, but I couldn't let him carry on about that he was the big I am. I had to jump in and stop that one quick. Apologies. Yeah.
0: Old, but, old super spy over there in the corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn it. Don't start him on a movie trend already.
0: But, He'll but be Ross, away. You do that every
1: time.
2: Oh, speaking of it, James Bond. Ah, oh, God rest his soul. Oh, yes,
0: yes. No, 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 Stu. I don't know, man. I've heard some stories about Sean Connery, and not great. I mean, it was the best Bond. I'll give him that. Um, and he was, you know. But I've heard, I've heard some things. I'll just leave it there. What? National
2: National treasure. It's a national show treasure
0: me, you, you should never show me get. on
2: this. Show me on this little doll where he touched you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're all safe here. He, he nicked your eye and Brew. That time, didn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know the guy personally, but um, and obviously, you know, he's a loved celebrity and he's a British icon and all that. Great James Bond. We'll leave it at that. Um, hey
2: Stuart, I just want to say, I think you're looking like you've lost quite a few pounds, mate. It does. You
0: know I yeah. feel all right. I feel all right at the moment. I feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm on the train. I'm on the I'm on the weight loss train.
2: Well, obviously, I can only see your chin. I can only one <laughs> and your shoulders. I don't mean that like I can only see your chin. <laughs> I meant like I can only see up to your shoulders on the camera, but yeah, you must it all in your chin, mate. It's looking yeah, good. Yeah,
0: I, I was, I was, uh, I was bouncing about what about one eighteen to one twenty post lockdown, and I'm, I'm down to about one thirteen now. So yeah, oh, brilliant. About, about a stone, so yeah. Good. Well, done. well lockdown, done, mate. Well, that well, was, was a cruel mistress to me, as we know, as it was to all of us.
2: You seem happier as well.
0: Yeah, I'm all right. I was in the I've been in the paper yesterday, so you know I'm pretty buzzing me. So was a big deal. Did you not yeah. see it? Oh. Kept that mm. one quiet. I was in so I was, I was in the uh, I was in the mirror and uh, the express and unfortunately well, I was in the daily I can't say that really, I was in the daily star as well. Um but yeah. I am right, in I'm I'm field, Googling so, it. I was in an advertisement for um the National Lottery. Obviously, Manby had some funding through um through the National Lottery to deliver some leads, and they did a kind of write up and put an advertisement in a couple of papers. So yeah. I was also in the Welsh Star, I think it was the South Wales Star.
1: Oh, nice. So you finally okay. got your press release. There you go. That's it. You were you've been so Ross, remember when back in the day when he'd never get called out to do anything, you were getting interviews, I was getting interviews and 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 Stu was tearing his hair out, going, why am I never getting asked to do things? And now, well, you're a national celebrity, aren't you, Stu?
0: No, not so.
2: Yeah, no, only... I, been, only I I can, paper. I, can we get you on the back of a bus? That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, I've been on the back of a bus times.
1: <laughs> Not on. <laughs> <laughs> back in the school days.
0: All, all the bad boys sit at the back, cross. You should know that.
2: I was, I, I was a good boy.
0: No, I know that's not true from the president. We, we <laughs> no one believes that. Before this podcast started.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Sorry, Mom.
0: Our guest today um, made his debut on this podcast uh, over two years ago, back in season one, episode three. So, you know, it was a it was a while ago. It was a while ago, um, and we thought we'd have him back on, catch up with him, see what he's up to now, talk about his um, a book that he's released and and what he's working on now. Um, so, I'd like to introduce Mr. Andrew Shanahan. How are we?
3: Very good, thank you. Yes, very well. It's, it's uh, probably telling that you waited at least 40 episodes to have me back on.
1: <laughs> well, we need, we yeah. needed to uh, we get to your level of expertise and kind of professionalism before we thought we, we need to do
3: this again. <laughs> well, I seem well, to remember that at the time you were so desperate for guests. I think you stretched my like 15-minute interview across two, two episodes. So that's got to be a, the only one who's done that, right? Yeah,
0: the only double episode we've ever had. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's not that professional that we recorded it in the uh, in the Holiday Inn in for on the stage. Yeah. I, I think that's right.
3: Oh, by the way, uh what time does Sean Connery go to Wimbledon?
0: Oh. Go
2: on. Okay.
3: on. Tennis. Oh
2: dear.
1: And uh, it's been I, I it's, should... it's, it's been fantastic having you on, Sean, Sean. Um <laughs> and, <laughs> That was uh, shocking.
3: <laughs> oh, dear. It's been 60 years since I swam that channel. <laughs> yeah, good good that's, movie. That's, yeah. Good movie. What, what, I'm sure now I'll be an act of lunacy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's Sean Connery's best ever performance? I'm going to go around the board, so I'll start with you, Ross.
2: I loved him in The Rock. Loved him. Yeah. Loved him.
0: I'll
1: Love see, that movie. I'll sitting, Nick Cage. Yeah. Rom? I just about... I was, I was jumping on the um I was just googling what you there. No, no, no. I was just jumping on there. You're the best. Losers whine about trying their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Claire was the prom <laughs> queen. That's not The Rock. Yeah? Mm, yeah. Are you going
0: with it
1: The is, as well? No, no. Um, I, the, rock's, cool. the Rock's a good film. I just... I don't know why... But I just loved him in Highlander. Yeah. just yeah, cause, true. Just because he was just, every time he was on screen, you just knew something funny was coming. Uh, Indiana, oh no.
2: Indiana Jones was a good well, one. He was quite good in that. All right, let other people no, speak, wasn't. Ross. Terrible.
1: terrible in
3: Indiana. Ross, let other people speak, shall we? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a Ross show, is it?
0: Sam, <laughs> yeah, what, what are you saying, Sam?
3: Uh, well, I mean, he won the Oscar for The Untouchables, so I think yeah. the Academy would back me on that choice.
0: Yeah. Although, actually, I've
3: never seen it, so you know.
0: It's that one scene where the pram's falling down the stairs, yeah, it? I've seen that one scene
3: in the Simpsons parody. Yeah. Like most films, I've I only parody. know it through the Simpsons parody.
1: But that was taken from the Battleship Potemkin, wasn't it? The pram. Yes. The silent was, film, the Battleship yeah. Potemkin. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm. I'm going to say Indiana Jones Last Crusade. Yes. When they're on when they're on the beach, right, and the plane's coming down, it's shooting at them. And he scares all of the seagulls, brings a plane down. Classic. Yeah, with his
1: umbrella. With his umbrella. Yeah. We <laughs> we need the dog, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, uh, Junior. Brilliant.
0: He was uh, good in a Hunt for Red October as well with his uh, yeah
3: Hunt for Red October. That was good.
0: Yeah, with his um, with his Scottish accent.
3: I'm the same as you though, Stu. I, I think some of the stuff that came to light about the stuff that he did. Not that, you know, we're all about cancel culture these days, but, you know, at some point you have to be held accountable for the things that you say, don't you? But that said, great actor and loads and loads of great films, including The Rock. I was 60 years old the last time I swam that channel.
1: <laughs> that's that's going to become a soundbite. That's brilliant.
2: <laughs> that's got to be caught and used again, is not it? <laughs> 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 I can I have that as my text message alert, please.
1: That's quality. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh I, I, do you know what, right? I, through this uh, podcast, you've just got to throw in as many impressions as you can. But you know, subtly, just like as you're saying something.
3: <laughs> can you can you do anyone else? Um you you can tell me who you want me to do, and I'll do an extremely poor version of them.
1: Okay, challenge accepted. Can you yeah. do Trump?
3: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: this is I a think, fun game. <laughs>
0: I, think, you know, I think Trump seems like it should be an easy one to do. I've tried it a couple of times; it's quite hard. It's quite go hard. Go on,
3: then. I, I, you see, I think one of the greatest things is people failing at impressions. I'd much <laughs> rather see, um, you know, dead ringers where people can't quite do the impression. So go on, do do uh, Trump with his biglies.
0: Right. So you've got like, um, give me something to say. What what does Trump say? Well, that's China. part of the thing about an impression
3: isn't it you've got to think what to say right,
0: okay. you got, yes, got to yes.
1: say the coronavirus is from China
3: the China virus
1: okay
0: no that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> Come on, see it through crash the plane already this is the best podcast ever <laughs> right okay let me just let me just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's popular. on YouTube, and he? he's just going go, well, okay, to go. Gonna... Well, getting to the mind of Donald Trump, it's a scary place to be. Especially tonight. The coronavirus is a hoax. No, that <laughs> <What> was just <laughs> you. That was, was just, just literally, literally you know, no different. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. I thought you were. Going, you were. I re- thought re- yeah.
2: re- re- <laughs> it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I can't do impressions. No. <laughs> I'm, I, was it Trump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on, just, Ross. Ross,
3: shoot. you you do uh, Bojo, Boris Johnson.
0: Oh, that's an easy one. Oh, go on then. Uh, I'm yeah, um, Boris I, Johnson.
2: I'm Boris Johnson. That's my impression of <laughs> Stu doing Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh, was that Boris Johnson? I, I don't even know. I can't even think how he speaks. Barish
0: is like he mumbles. Yeah, I think word, Harold word. Bishop. Word, like, oh, go, go out! Don't go out! Stay indoors! Don't stay indoors!
3: That's Matt Lucas doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Baris> Johnson, yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's impression round over. Well done, guys. <laughs> uh, I think Sean wins that one with his Sean Connery. I, I never had one, I never had one. Don't, you don't did it's, Matt it's, Lucas, you did
3: Sean Connery. Oh, did I start it?
0: All
1: oh, right, I thought yeah. you started, Shan. All oh, right, sorry, then I didn't know I could do the same
0: one as you. Who can yeah. you do? Uh-huh. You gotta got tell me, you can't just like... Don't do, don't do Arnie because I know you can do Arnie. Do uh, Miss Piggy.
3: How does she speak? Again? I'm not saying that,
0: bro.
3: Oh, or Yoda. Why Anyone did you
1: why did you give me a female? Um Yoda. Stop it. Do Yoda. Yoda. Um Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Yoda got coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yoda with coronavirus. Um I'm trying to think what you'd say if uh Okay. Do Violet the um, virus, coronavirus? He had.
3: <laughs> when nine hundred years old, you are look so good. You will not. Nine
1: uh, <clears throat> hundred years old, you you are look so good. You will not. Yeah. Nine hundred years, you are <clears throat> look so good. You're not.
2: It's pretty good. You sounded like a bit more like Gollum. That'd be a good Gollum yeah, impression. Give me that
0: Gollum-ish, won't it? Gollum. 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 Gollum, my precious. <laughs> my precious.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> very good
1: yeah just a bit phlegmy
0: there you go you could do Glock. I'm quite impressed with that Rom. well done <laughs> I thought my Donald Trump was the best what's Teachers' master <laughs> what's status i <laughs> have never go. letting you
2: live that down have you ever seen you ever seen a studio a Donald Trump impression I am Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> there you go
0: <laughs> yeehaw I'm Donald Trump <laughs> great okay. We're going to build a wall, and Mexico just can't do it. <laughs> I am lo-
1: lo- loving like, the way you put your, your, your index finger and your thumb together. It's like, does Donald Trump just go, we got six years to build a wall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're going to pay for it. <laughs> I was right. I've been proven right. Trump is hard to do.
3: No, you said, I can do Trump.
0: I'm no, he said, no, do. I can do Trump because he's no. really hard to do. He uh, said right. he
1: could
3: pass wind. He couldn't do Trump.
0: <laughs> uh, <but I'm, laughs> anyway, moving on to the serious, <clears> of <throat> serious stuff. Um, so um, tell us a bit about um your current book that's out. Where did the Where did the concept come from? What's roughly, well, don't, don't give any spoilers, but you know what's the no, premise?
3: So the premise is that it is about a man called Ben Stone. And he weighs 601 pounds and he has been shut in his flat for nine years. So obviously, as you know, um, having worked with Man Be Fat for the last several years, I've done an awful lot of interviews with guys who um, have lost weight, guys who've been extremely heavy, guys who've been shut in, you know, so they don't leave the house, um, basically existing on food deliveries and that sort of thing and um when i was doing some of those interviews it just struck me one kind of how tragic it was that there were people who were living in that way and that it's not you know it's not like there's only two of these people in the world it's it's relatively you know you don't have to look that hard and i think probably if if we all were truthful ourselves we you can see the the genesis of this happening when you gain weight yourself where you're just that little bit less likely to accept offers to go out you you know you start getting comfortable just you know the clothes that you you kind of feel comfortable wearing you probably only really want to wear at home you don't want to go out in your kind of you know you sloppy jumpers and all that sort of stuff and it it just sort of um it really struck me how difficult that was as a situation. But the other thing that it really made me think was that it's not something that I'd seen represented in fiction. And I think, you know, having done Man V fat, it really awoke in me just this sort of the the deep injustice of how underrepresented men and men's weight issues are. Both, you know, so obviously doing Man V fat, I was doing it in the real world and, and trying to um, offer something for, for people like me who had struggled with their weight off and on through their life. And, but also I think it then started to dawn on me just how little representation overweight men have in, in fiction and in film and in, you know, in stories. And I think that that is, you know, it's it's really sad and it, it's, 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 and so for me, the, the genesis of the book of before and after was really, wanting to tell the story of, of Bern. So he's trapped in his flat. He hasn't been out for nine years and sadly he has diabetes as well, which obviously is something that a lot of guys who are overweight have to contend with. And he um, is trapped in his flat and the council, just as the story begins, the council are coming to take the front wall off his flat because they can't get him out any other way. So they're using a crane to lower him to the floor. And uh, they wrap him up, you know, make sure he's safe and everything. And just as they're about to crane him out of his flat, the world ends. Into
1: was the uh, was the was the name was the name a bit of a pun for the imperial weight system.
3: Ben <laughs> Stone. <laughs> um, do you know what? It's um, it's even <laughs> worse than that. It's the fact that my cardiologist um, <laughs> is. So the two characters in the book, Ben and his dog Brown. Are named after my cardiologist Ben Brown at Withenshaw. Go, Ben. Excellent. Um, and but yeah, Stone, it, it, there is sort of obviously that, that element to it. Yeah.
1: Not like your favourite actress like Sharon Stone. I've got to, gotta to put that one in there or something like that.
3: <laughs> Sharon Kilogram. Never took that. <laughs>
2: Go on, Ram, do your best Sharon Stone impression.
0: Please don't. <laughs> no, no. No, no. No no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, Nick. <laughs> uh. Obviously, you've talked a bit there about, you know, underrepresentation within kind of any kind of media, really, um, of, of, of bigger guys. What was the thinking behind the kind of post, you know, apocalyptic kind of setting?
3: Well, I suppose the book, you know, would have been a fairly straight. And, you know, so the, the way that the book breaks down is that each chapter, so the before chapters look at Ben and his life leading up to the, the apocalypse and talk about why he gained the weight, what caused it, you know, how that impacted on him, how that impacted on his relationships with his mom and with his, his girlfriend with his dog and you know and just sort of how they, those sorts of things came about because again it's it felt to me that there wasn't much um, interesting fictional writing about weight you know that there's I can think of a very very few books that are about weight and clearly as a nation and as a globe as a global population weight is one of our biggest challenges and and I think often if we don't start to try and understand things through fiction then we we risk not trying to understand them at all so that that was sort of the 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 first part of it really was was just wanting to to represent weight and and those questions in, in fiction and then the after parts of the book are about how so when <laughs> I, I didn't quite realize that so I wrote this book in July 2019 and didn't quite realise how uh, fitting it would be for 2020. The book is largely about someone who's trapped at home while a pandemic rages outside of his window. And he just sits there looking at how fucked up the world is and wondering what's going on. Um, so it's it's a very 2020 book, sadly. So um,
1: someone in China didn't read your book, didn't have an idea. <laughs> a
3: friend of mine the other day said... Um, your viral marketing campaign for this book going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
2: say, about bet, bet you rubbing your hands together when this virus rocks around. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, in all seriousness, I've,
3: I've had to, like, think very long and hard about how to market the book off the back of that, because clearly there is an absolute twat route of going down and sticking the, you know, a sticker on the front of the book that goes, the book that predicted COVID or some bullshit like that, which, you know, it clearly isn't. It, it's a book that looks at the the sorts of situations that we're all in at the moment where we are broadly stuck at home and despairing. But it's, um, you know, I didn't want to do that because clearly, you know, people have died and, and marketing efforts where you, you're treading on
0: on that is, is obviously very, very thin ice. And the, and the thing is as well that it's not really about <laughs> the, the kind of... Um, the kind of uh, pandemic is it really it's, it's more about kind of his relationships and 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 who he is as a person and one yeah. of the things that massively stuck out for me when I read it was um you could you could see that it was it was um it was written by somebody who knows what a weight issue is because Ooh. I think what tends to happen in in media is when somebody's a bit bigger um they get portrayed as being greedy um, they're greedy and they eat fast food every day and they're and, and they're and they're lazy and, and 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 that kind of thing. And I think that Ben's story particularly is really, really. Um, his his weight gain is quite subtle in a way, because he's mm. you know he, he tries diets and his, his mum puts him on a diet and and but he smashes three four packets of biscuits a night.
3: Yeah, and doesn't really know that he's doing it as well. And you know that that certainly. For me, that kind of element of compulsive eating, I think, you know, that uh, the British Obesity Society said some very nice things about the book and I'm, I'm really proud of, of their reaction to it because I think they really got what I was talking about, which is that they said, you know, this is a, a, a visceral horror story, but the, the worst part is that it, it's, you know, it's true. And I think for me, <laughs> although, you know, to some extent you could look at the, the kind of the pseudo zombie stuff that's going on outside the window as the horror elements. For me, the horror is Ben not being able to stop sticking biscuits in his mouth because by God, I've been there and know exactly what that's like to, to sort of just feel like you're consuming without any kind of reason or, or rationale. And that's, you know, what a horrible thing to do to yourself. And I think, all of us you know as as blokes who've who've gained weight and lost weight and and gained weight and lost weight and all that sort of stuff th- there is that point where you look at yourself and you are genuinely horrified and and that is a true body horror you know it's that point where you look at yourself and you're just so expanded and odd and you're like how the fuck did i do this to myself i didn't realize if this is a pgat pg or 13 thing but
0: anyway yes yeah, you can swear you can swear
3: thanks um yeah it's just it's it's really kind of i do feel that that that's a real really visceral horror is that losing control of your body and also the fact that you subsequently you've also lost the ability to control that and i, I feel like that's kind of where man Be fat sits in all of this is is that sometimes you just need someone to throw you a life rope you know to throw you a, a was it life jacket life uh, you know i should be good at words given that i'm a writer but <laughs> there you go um and you know you, you want someone to be able to to throw you that to give you that opportunity to to write yourself but often when you are are stuck in that swamp um you you just can't you can't write yourself you can't find your way you know like when they people talk about being uh, caught in an avalanche and you don't know which way's up you know, that, that's so sort of redolent of that that kind of weight problems where you just don't even know which way is up. You lose it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and that came across really well in the book that, nice. the that, that British obesity probably nailed it there, that the actual, the real horror behind it is the fact that this guy's has not left the house in nine years and, you know, he's, he's about to mm. get him out of the flat, the council has to remove a wall
3: yeah yeah
0: is it real because there is people out there like
3: that yeah absolutely i spoke to to several of them um again in the researching for the book and just to you know and a lot of them were very kind and read it through afterwards just to make sure that you know that it felt authentic to them and again they you know they were very nice about just sort of confirming that it seemed to have hit their experience because you know what a what a sad way to spend your own li- only life, where you know you're so desperately un- unhappy that you just don't you feel, you only feel comfortable in your own four walls.
0: This year, Man V Fat is raising money for Shooting Stars Children's Hospice, who, due to COVID-19, are having to stop providing end-of-life and emergency respite for so many families who are still relying on them during this difficult and challenging time. If you'd like to find out more information about this amazing charity, then head over to manbeefat.org to find out more. For the the kind of pandemic side of the the book, Mm. really interesting. Um, It's not necessarily such a physical thing. Were you influenced by... I want to say maybe social media on that side of things. And it's kind of, um, not to give any spoilers away, but it feels like, never really explained, but it feels like a kind of hate virus that, that, that these people have. Um, yeah. And they're viewing just constant hate and anger out of their mouths. Was that, do you think that that's a reflection of certain aspects of society? Did you take influence from, from social media, from online trolls for that?
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the so the I'll I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you. So the 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 kind of post the apocalyptic event is that there is a virus that that sweeps the world, which funnily enough is based on a real parasite. Which actually I'll I'll go into that a little bit more because it's likely that there's there's five of us on this call. It's very likely that one of us actually has this parasite embedded in our brains. Um, So it's a a real thing. But the um, the yeah the the consequence of this parasite is that uh, people become very very angry and just become they they lose any sort of <laughs> any sort of um common sense or ability to regulate themselves and it was based wholesale on the daily mail comments section because you know i can't think of a a a place in the world that is as desperate, as lacking in hope or humanity or, you know, just without a shred of uh, joy as the Daily Mail comment section where they can just take someone so obviously marvellous as, you know, um, Greta Thunberg or Malala or, you know, these people who are modern day saints and uh, just rip them for being women or (laughs) being, you know, Uh, foreign or just just um yeah so that that was kind of my inspiration for I just want and also I think the the other thing as well is that the so they're called rats the once they've had this parasite enabled in their brain and they are um just as you say they're just spewing hate all the time and also I, I I thought it was really um pertinent for people who are losing weight about the fact that you so often have that that negative sort of part of your brain that's just saying you can't do this, you're going to fail at this. This is awful. What are you doing? Why bother? Uh, you may as well kill yourself. And just sort of those really, really, you know, I think everyone has different strengths of those in inner, in inner monologues, but it's that for me was was something that was really, really true of a weight loss journey is having some part of yourself that just won't let yourself succeed
0: do you class this as a bit of a i don't want to use the term self-help book but do you think there's elements of, of that behind it
3: i think it's a comedy i think it's funny <laughs> um it's funny is it a self-help book yeah in a way i mean it for me the important thing was was to say that even in these sort of hopeless situations and, and you know Ben's situation is truly hopeless he's he's you know the last human alive and um what's he got to live for you know what you yeah. know and for me the book was about saying there are sources of hope everywhere and each people each person's source of hope will differ you know so some of the ones that are talked about in the book are faith music animals friendship relationships you know everyone has different approaches to those and different feelings about you know which, which what's important to them but I think it's now more than ever it's so important that we are able to identify where our sources of hope are in the world because a Jiminy there's the world's more than willing to kick us in the nuts and, and take us down and we have to to understand what it is whether it's you know our friends whether it's our um, you know, whether it's sport, all of those things, um we have to understand what it is that helps us to get through.
0: Ross, my,
3: I think my question went
2: about fifteen minutes ago. If i'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was just, I can't remember what it was. How it was really well segued as well because it was the most intelligent segue ever because it was me <laughs> playing it obviously, um and all it was was I think what were you talking about? Um, Oh, Christ, I can't remember. But basically what I, was, what I was trying to say was, I said, I was, I was I, I actually when I picked up my phone, because obviously the guys listening can't see you, but I was picking up my phone muted and was having a look through. Do you remember me WhatsApping you, Sham? <laughs> On several occasions, yes. <laughs> Going back, uh, season one um, of Man V Fat, and I was the biggest loser for the Manchester League at that, that year. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I dropped you a message. Um, and was just said to you thank you so much for everything that you've done for me etc blah 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 Um, and you you basically came back and said um I didn't do this I just we just gave you the tools to do it and it was it was one of those things that's always still stuck in me like I said I've still got it saved still got the message saved because it was one of those that it was just nice to to have that um that piece but I was trying to segue in because you were talking about something at the right time and it would have been perfect and everything and
3: (laughs) but no but anyway I mean I I do remember that, that message exchange. And funnily enough, you know, I've had similar exchanges with other guys on man fat. And I think that it's kind of, it's a, I don't know whether it's um, exclusive to people, to to guys who have lost weight is that you almost want to give the credit to the scheme rather than to yourself. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've played several seasons of man fat football and some, sometimes I've put on weight. So it clearly isn't just the scheme, although obviously, you know, the scheme is wonderful, blah, 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 but it's, you know, you have to, you can give everyone a shovel, but not everyone's gonna go and dig a great big bloody hole. It's, you know, and I think that learning to accept that you are the one who did something that that gave yourself positive change is, is a really fundamental change that, uh, you know, fat blokes who've lost weight need to need to accept because you have to then sort of take that credit onto yourself. And how awful if, you know, you ended up with the perception that it was only because manly fat came along that you were able to do this. No, but
2: I remember what my segue was now. It's because you mentioned that it was about hope, you were saying and that's yeah. what, and that's, that's where I was saying about the segue was that it was giving yeah. me a bit of a hope to of a way out of it and things like that and being able to play football again not played football for 15 years or so maybe even more than that so yeah that's what I'd have, you there the you go that's, that, that's where the segue I've seen you on the pitch goes.
3: and you, you haven't played football <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't, Christ don't you start that's all I get for everyone
1: <laughs> Ross if I were you I'd, uh, I'd, print, that, I'd print that WhatsApp out and then get a chance to sign it and frame it. There you go. telling <laughs> you. Work of art. You had it first here.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, up. I, let's, let's talk. So I, I read the book, and, and we had a bit of a chat um, when we said go back on, on the podcast. And I was like, I'd love you to write a sequel to this, to, to before and after. I'd absolutely love you to write a sequel, because... Um, I was I was completely engrossed in it, and I, and I think that it, obviously it touched a few nerves with me. Anyway, um, cool. it, it was it was obviously uh, who read I, it to you, an audio book yet, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Shan's not asked me to uh, do the recording of the audio book yet, have you, Shan? So
3: get
2: Stu uh, to record you it, it as Donald Trump, if you yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The man of a million voices.
2: Imagine all the different characters you'd be able to spot them out miles away. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> I actually think he's got the most because so it's um, Ben lives in Middleton, or you know, fictional Ben lives in fictional Middleton. So we're, we're about you're you're both Stockfordians. Ross. You're slightly further up than them, aren't you? I'm I've kind of lived all over Manchester. So I've kind of got a bit of a mixed
2: Manchester accident accident. Yeah. Jesus. A bit accident. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not not from up that way. It's all been south south Manchester
3: mainly. Of, of the three of you Stu sounds the most in my head like Benwood, I reckon.
1: Well, like Johnny Vegas.
3: Yeah, just a dirty northerner that sort of. Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> <A dirty> northerner. <laughs>
0: Pretty much what's going to be on the gravestone. Just a <laughs> dirty normal. Just a dirty <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, mum, just pass me those biscuits now, yeah. Just a dirty
0: I, I tell you what, as, as the only northerner at work, I take some stick, honestly. So I, I met, we, we had our last kind of um, face-to-face meeting the other day um, that we are going to be having for obviously for a month, And the first thing that I said, somebody said, he said again, <laughs> and I was like, is that how it's going to go? Is that how it's going to go? He it was, it was actually, it was Terry actually. I thought, oh, the first day my series, I said. I said something and he said, What did you say?
1: <laughs> Brilliant. So he's doing a Donald <laughs> Trump impression. There you go.
3: That's yeah. True. Yeah, you should have done it as Donald Trump. That yeah, mean, I should
0: but... have done it. Weirdly, I sound exactly the same when I do my Donald Trump impression.
3: <laughs> what does man v fat mean to you? Lose weight and enjoy a game of football. Mental
1: health
2: camaraderie friends, football, fat loss
3: reverse my diabetes
1: big, sweaty, fun life changing football better and healthy lifestyle good competitive sport teamwork, banter and weight loss create a winning mentality to lose fat
3: hard work, regime and football
1: it means sustainable weight loss
3: don't let the boys down and don't let yourself down
1: man v fat, weigh, play,
3: lose, win I've talked over your questions, Stu. You. What, what was your question again? Uh, do you think
0: there's, there's, a, there's premise for a sequel to Before and After?
3: Premise for a sequel? It's been requested an awful lot. So um, basically the book's now had over a 1,000 reviews. Um, so it was self-published. So, um, you know, vanity publishing, as it's called. Where, But the difference is these days is that a phenomenal percentage of books, 80% plus, I would estimate so hopefully someone will correct me on that, are sold through Amazon. And so if you can publish on the Amazon platform yourself, you are able to reach 80% of the, the potential customers that you, you could get to. So um, it was it was kind of a calculated decision. I'd published a number of books before with publishers and found it a pretty frustrating process because they seemed to do bugger all basically and took a a decent percentage of the money. So I I was quite happy to do it myself. Um, And yeah, so now it's, it's had a a really positive reaction. Um, It's been asked for an awful lot. So yeah, definitely. I I, I feel like, I think there's going to be a, like a very short update, um, like a, a mini chapter basically before, hopefully before the end of the year about, um, a little bit of what's happened afterwards. Um, but yeah, definitely I'm I'm really up for, for telling more stories in that world and, and for, for writing more generally, you know, this was far and away the most, um, satisfying piece of work I've ever done. And so I would be crazy not to try and do more, not from a commercial point of view, um, but from a, you know, it, if something makes you happy at work, then you've just got to keep following it, really, haven't you?
1: Did you put any product placement in there? It's like, oh, <laughs> I should have listened to the guys at Man V Fat. <laughs> <laughs> man V like, oh, Fat, then, what's Man V Fat? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: do you know yeah. what I should have done? That's a really good point. No, no. I didn't.
1: I'm a genius, I know. Yeah. You're welcome, yeah. Yeah.
3: Shan, you're welcome. <laughs> well, It'll no, you're not really a genius, it's no, because I can't put it back. You yeah. have to stick it in as a sticker into every book that's sold.
0: Ben, Ben... Ben came across a, a a brand new Apple iVac. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was the best, it was the best laptop he'd ever used in a post-apocalyptic world.
1: He, 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 he managed to get out and visit a, a, a derelict shopping mall with the shop still uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Are you, oh.
0: are you
3: generally fans of the post-apocalyptic genre? Massively. Yeah.
1: I, I am massively. I've, um, Do you like
3: Walking Dead?
1: Yeah. So much so, I actually read um, the Max Brooks. Um, I've actually got it.
3: Where that's it? World War Z, isn't it, Max no,
1: Brooks? No, 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 no. The uh, the How to uh,
0: Survive the Zombie Apocalypse.
1: The Zombie Apocalypse Survival Guide. That's
0: the one.
1: Yeah, it's actually all right. It's uh, it's not a piss take, but it's not a uh, it's not serious in the same. You know, it's not.
3: I I think that's the book that he did before he wrote World War Z.
1: He did, he did, because it's it's actually quite good. Because it, it says. You know, first, first thing through in Zombie Apocalypse is run all the water. Every faucet, run it, because you yeah. never know when the, when the water's going to run out. So fill yeah. your bath, fill everything, um, yeah. get all your food, go upstairs, destroy staircase. Zombies, if you can't walk up a staircase because it's not there, yeah. you're going to get to the second floor. Yeah. He, go, he actually goes on from method of transport to method of weaponry, um, and it's, it's really good. And then he goes on at the end. A, the last chapter is um actual cases that have been reported about zombie zombie zombification, not as we know it, as in like you know, someone's but when people have just turned up in you know, but when are in instances in small villages when someone's yeah. gone missing for days and turned up and just you're trying to speak to them and they're just not there. Ooh. Um, so it's that That's kind happening. of it's that yeah, it's that kind of zombification as opposed to you know what, what we now see in. Uh, production value of walking dead and world war z and so they must have been watching me on
2: my weekends when i was younger
1: (laughs) my favorite my my favorite is um 28 days later that's that, that that for me was the one that that got me the most i think just because of when danny boyle actually wrote it he said he saw a documentary where you can get all the ingredients from a chemical bomb on the internet and he remembers, his, he remembers his teacher talking about viruses. How we we don't have to worry about war. But if this virus is, it's viruses that's going to you know wipe the world yeah. out. Um, and that it just stuck. It, well, yeah, as as we know now, but it's just stuck in in his head, and that's what he then he, he then put to screen. And because he wanted to capture the rawness, that's why he he, he filmed it on um, the, um, digital. The, the,
3: the digital digital format. You see one of the really interesting things about that as a film is that it it really allows space for the dumb shit to happen. So, like, I think there's a bit where they're driving up the M6 and he's just swerving across the lanes. You know, there's no doesn't need to, but you you know, like if you were driving up the M6 and there was no other person on on the thing, you'd be swerving all over the lanes. And that bit where he's you know he's he goes across the um, across London when it's completely empty as well. Yeah, there's so much of that. Like you know, he left space for those little details to happen. That's what I think really, really sets Twenty Eight Days Later apart.
1: It's importance well, of it as well. And uh, were, sorry, Stu, I know you're going to interject, but one of the things that got me was right at the beginning after the the big long scene uh, with a fantastic piece of music, and it's then when he he gets chased for the first time in the film. Yeah. Um, and what well, well, just just digressing, one thing that really does annoy me about that film. Is people still referring to them as zombies? They're not; they're infected. Yeah, zombies are a different thing, and a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a zombie apocalypse." No, it's so not. It's, 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 a, it's a virus. <laughs> no, I am. I love the film; it's my favourite film. Yeah, and when he gets chased, and then the obviously that's when he meets Selena, and they're, they're thrown into the the petrol bombs into the petrol station, and it's that shot when the actual petrol station ignites and, and goes off, and there's no big Hollywood explosion it's all and it's just a visual what is and, it then that's, <laughs> and that's that's what got it for me as well plus the fact when he just hacks up uh, a best friend like you know you've got 10 seconds and he goes no 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 he's like didn't see that coming so Stu anyway you I digressed
0: yeah uh, tell us about the parasite that you were going to tell us about Shan.
1: Yeah, oh, that yeah so,
0: me, that. can I just right, can I just so, jump
2: in and say Zombie Zombie Land is one of the best zombie movies. I'm not letting that Zombieland one go, is there, yeah. out there.
0: That's
3: quality. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Zombieland is good. But, what, what, are you, before we move on to the podcast, what about you, Chef? What's your favourite zombie film?
3: Oh man, um, 28 Days Later is bloody good. There's um, actually I'm going to throw a book in there because I'm a writer. Don't you know? Um, <laughs> I always get it wrong. It's said? either Station Eleven or Station Twelve. I think it's Station Eleven. And it's by Canadian maybe uh, female author whose name I'm blanking on. But Station Eleven, that's a really good read. And it's not, again, it's kind of, it's not, um, it's not particularly scary. It's just really cleverly done. You see, people say that they love The Stand, but I just, the problem that I have with The Stand is that it's a brilliant book from the point of view of the virus, but then that bit where the kind of the, the supernatural stuff comes in, I just think like, why, why did you need to do that? It was such a good, compelling story without that. Anyway, Emily St. John Mandel. That's what I said.
1: Yeah, he did. To <laughs> hear it. Three um, nine
2: Kindle edition.
1: <laughs> I I'm must it... pick you up on something, shan You said because you got asked, you got asked what your favourite zombie film was, and you said Twenty Eight Days Later. I just want to tell you, it's not a zombie film; it's an infective. <laughs> um, but if if, if 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 you guys met a question, Stu, um, the original George A. Romero, nineteen seventy. Oh, yeah. that's, that's yeah. by far the best. I enjoyed the remake of that as well. Oh uh,
2: mm.
3: yeah, mm, yeah. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm. I have issues with that film, but um, yeah, that's untouchable in my
3: eyes. Is Dawn of the Dead the one where it's in the graveyard, and then Day of the Dead's the one in the supermarket? Because the supermarket one is the one that's the best. Do, day of that's the one I the, the, so. the, the
1: mean. Dawn of the Dead is the one in the shopping mall.
3: That's the one I mean. Yeah.
1: Night of the Living Dead is the one where they're in the house.
3: Yeah, that's right.
1: Day of the Dead is when they're trapped in the, um, the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah.
3: Yeah. Some great stuff. Um so the parasite is um yeah, oh,
0: no, no, sorry Sean, sorry. Uh, to answer nobody asked me that question. Well my favorite zombie film. No, you know,
1: you feel to when people don't answer
0: questions. Well my favourite zombie film is weekend at Bernie's two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes. Oh. Should we clap you? Should we clap you for that? It is That's good. Funny. It is good. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that. What? The
3: dead walk. Obviously, You'll what believe you believe the dead will walk.
0: Yeah,
3: weekend at Bernie and, and water ski. <laughs> well, yeah, weekend the water skiing scene.
0: Weekend at Bernie's amazing. Weekend at Bernie's too. Pretty good
3: as well. It's, yeah, it's the the, the perfect Bernie film. Yeah. Um, so the the parasite getting back onto my book, which is very important. It's called Before and After. It's available on Amazon. Um, is uh, there's a there's a real life parasite called toxoplasma gondii or gondii i can't pronounce it and it's um it's basically it's a little parasite and women often know about it more than men because women are often warned about it when they're pregnant because if they get the parasite while they're pregnant it can cause more damage to the baby but it's it's um often um passed on through cat poo so if you've ever kind of worked in your garden and dug in your flower bed and everything chances are you've come into contact with it there's some estimates that that reckon there's like two billion people worldwide which is why i was saying that out of the five of us probably one of us would have it um and for a long long time so what they what they sort of know about this as a parasite is that it basically goes into the brain and it does what i think it's insisting so it turns into a little cyst and then becomes inactive and does nothing and so because it doesn't really do anything for a long time scientists just looked at it as like well it's one of those things it's very difficult to avoid because it's basically if you touch soil or eat vegetables or that sort of thing then you are more than likely to have it Um, but what they've started looking at in the last few years is they can do a lot more statistical processing now and they've started looking at how many things this um toxoplasma is seems to be related to so they found out that you were more likely to be in a car crash if you had this parasite insisted in your brain and they found out that um things like if you suicide you're more likely to commit suicide if you had this uh, insisted in your brain and what they it's still at a very early stage of, of understanding but what they know is that when rats get infected with Toxoplasma gondii, um, it changes their behaviour patterns. So for rats, what it does is it starts to make cat urine smell alluring. So what happens is that the rat starts to seek out cats and then the cats obviously eat them. And the reason that the parasite wants this behaviour to happen is because it Recreates, it procreates in the cat's gut. So it has to try and work its way back to being, you know, eaten by a cat, basically. So it's just this is fascinating. Um, I spoke to a number of biologists who all just sort of held up their hands and said, it's, you know, it's not something that we really understand particularly well. Um, but it's, it clearly has a number of quite strategic and far reaching changes to 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 certainly animal behavior and they're starting to, to see that it has changes to human behavior as well. So there you go. Sleep well guys.
1: <laughs> you just scared me now. Um, if it well if it changes our, our behavior from like so a rat, then it gets a load to a cat. What the hell am I going to get a Lord to? <laughs> That's what's going through my head. Am I gonna well, going to start going down a toilet and start going mmm feces?
3: Well, I mean, the weird thing is, is that presumably from the parasite's point of view, it's you're more likely, you know, it wants to create these behaviours that end up with you in the cat's gut. I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but it just seemed crazy freaky to me. So I thought I'd throw it into the book. Mm.
2: Yeah. And speaking of crazy freaky, you you have actually, I've just been been on Amazon. I've just been on Amazon looking at the uh, before and after Kindle edition um yeah. I, I was reading about this amazing um biography and it was talking about the most painful injury on there um <laughs> yeah. and that is actually the same story that i've had or i've had i've heard of that is the one that i really? tell which i thought was quite funny
3: yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it up to you well i mean, know you're more than welcome to tell it but it's it, i wonder if you heard it off the back of the the article that i wrote. So. Basically, I'll set you up and you, you tell the story. So I was asked to write an article uh, in my journalist jobbing days of, I think I pitched the story to, it was like a children's science magazine. And it was a great thing to write for because basically children are super dark and they love anything about death, injuries, scabs, bogies, people's legs falling off. And so you could pitch these really like gross things to this magazine and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds fantastic. And so I pitched an article called "What Hurts the Most," and then spoke to um, doctors, neurologists, loads and loads of different people about what was the most emphatically painful injury. And, guy, you can you can tell what the the winner was of that one. So to read it verbatim is okay. I've just, I've just read it. At... So funny. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: So this is, this is, in Shan's words, so an a doctor told me that they'd once had a rugby player who came in who had dislocated his hip after a tackle. Sounds painful. But that's not it. The first day, they thought they knew how to relocate his hip. So what did they do? Slammed his leg back into place and his hip popped to pop back in. The problem is, his testicle was in the hip socket as it popped back in.
0: Oh! Oh!
1: Yeah. Yeah, that... What, yeah, <laughs> I think I but, thought it was
0: the but, testicular but, but, but nerve. It's
2: oh, just, uh, it. it like, oh, just, oh, sorry, it was. it was apparently, yeah, sorry, it's a man's testicular nerves in the socket. I heard of it as being the testicle,
1: yeah, but then he said he's he actually ruptured his vocal cords, he was screaming yeah. that much. And that, that, that last line, right, <sighs> we've all screamed,
3: we <clears throat> have to scream yeah. that much. <laughs> Steve's leaving,
1: how, how? It. how, how, being a sack that, ain't, that, that, that paramedic must have got sacked
2: no but it was a first aider wasn't it so it would be one of them first, first aider it? it's, like, it's like oh yeah if, first aider if somebody falls over you go I, I know what I'm doing Yeah, you only see them, You pull the shoulder and it pops back in
0: <laughs> well that must have, well, that must have took so long for them to realise what had happened
3: yeah
0: <laughs> <That's laughs> else it wasn't like oh no we know what we know what the problem is straight away like, imagine how long that also, had taken to go oh right it seems. Yeah, like, you know, I feel. I feel,
3: I feel bad for laughing. We're laughing at this. But the weird thing is, as well, is that you're absolutely right. It must because he'd screamed his vocal cords out. It must have taken a long time for them to figure it out. So he was constantly in pain. But also, at the end of all that, they then go, "Well, the remedy is we've got to pull your hip out again." Oh, it's not even like you know. Oh, great. Excellent! You've just solved it. No way. To wait be a second, fair, the yeah, guy must have been like,
0: "Either do that or shoot me." Because <laughs> if, if, if this doesn't work, just shoot me. That yeah. that
3: that that
0: yeah.
1: just that that just it's like you know when you've just got home from IKEA and you really barely to go to build that furniture and when you built the furniture you realize that that little fucking piece is out of place so, you know you got to take the whole it's thing down whole to rebuild about, it.
3: About, yeah. Oh, it's
0: like oh that, Rob. It's, it's like, like that, but if you've got your balls trapped in it and same time <laughs> Yeah, but your balls, your balls are in the cupboard door. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was just setting you up for that one. You've still got an IKEA wardrobe
1: on your balls. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag name of Shan's new book. An
3: IKEA wardrobe on my balls. Oh
0: no, you've, you've got, got an IKEA wardrobe now. on my balls.
3: Can we have, can we have that as the quote of the episode? It's like that, but with balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, beef at football. It's like football, but just with balls. <laughs> See, That's real so balls.
2: That is is that what is that what um, gave you your Twitter handle as well?
3: Nervous crying.
2: <laughs> Nervous crying. <laughs> chance, chance. Oh, I can't remember so, what that was. So, you can. You're just not telling us. Um,
3: I think I think I was just feeling hipster and cool at that for whatever reason on that day but i just i, I recently just deactivated my twitter profile because i was spending far too long just faffing around on it um and also i'd watch that social dilemma so obviously i had to come off all social media okay. you come was that, off yeah. so. was that
1: the thing on netflix you're talking
3: about yeah you? i was
2: gonna watch that but it looks very heavy so i've not i've not had that. you know you need it looks like when i was things you need a bit of headspace to concentrate a little bit on and i've not it yet. To be fair, I
0: didn't quite. I've not <laughs> quite got to, to doing Twitter, but I, I, I literally instantly come off Facebook and was like, "Nah."
3: Yeah, actually, Facebook's not that difficult because it is just like you know. I mean, you, you, we're all responsible for curating our own groups of people, but you just. It's just depressing, isn't it? Because, like, who puts stuff on Facebook these
0: days? Facebook, to
2: be fair, I I use use Facebook because I've got family, or I haven't got any family up in the Northwest, to be fair. All my family are everywhere. So I use it as a way of keeping in contact with them. But there is some trash on there. It's just, some of it's just, you're like, Jesus. But if you put
1: something, someone just comes to troll you, and it's like, no, I'd delete
2: all them. That's why Stu's not my friend anymore. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I, quite, well, have I, you seen... I went through a period of just getting involved With them kind of people And just wasting my time But also wasting yeah. their time So it wasn't quite as bad But I was wasting my time at the same time So, yeah.
1: But yeah. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that Because I was reading all them all them uh, feeds And I was like, love it, got a point got a <laughs> you, know. You, like popcorn? you know with your popcorn Popcorn, popcorn yeah. meme <laughs> Yeah, that's it Hi, Roman here Thank you For listening to Man V Fat Podcast, if you'd like this episode and want to hear more like them, you can find us on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Hit subscribe and turn on your notifications to make sure you're always up to date. So, 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 so. So,
3: So,
1: I was 60 years old
3: the last time I (laughs) saw that.
1: So, you know, when you get like you obviously you're you're a writer, um, and you because when for me, when does a brain fart become substance for a for a for a book? Because you've, yeah. you've been walking down the street, and I'm sure we've all had the walks, and we've gone, "That would be a great app. Oh, that would be a good. That would make a great film. That'd be a good." When do you have that brain moment where you go, "No, that's that's the one I'm going to pursue. Yeah, that's the one. That's got a substance. I can work around that." When when do you do that?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the for me the the point is is that you know you should if you want to to write or create or do anything along those lines, you know, you, you need to get into a habit of rewarding your brain for coming up with those sort of strange thoughts, which you then write into a book. And, you know, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, comics, anything. And I think as you allow those to, to settle into compost, you can kind of slowly just, you keep going back to those particular ones that you like. And they just have an energy to them, and an, and and you know, a, and then you start turning that idea around and thinking a bit from different angles and thinking, oh, that's interesting as well because if I wrote it, you know, <clears throat> in this particular way, then that would allow me to show this, this, and this, and you know, you start you, you keep that excitement, and I think all of those ideas have that that half life of excitement, and it's when that excitement's worn off that you still think, no, this is actually a good structured idea that that has a lot of reason to tell it and for me the <clears throat> the really important thing is that the the books that I'm trying to write or the stories that I'm trying to tell have some resonance with me you know that I, I know why I'm writing them so is it just because it's a a good story and it's it's a fun and exciting thing to to tell well that, that's a, a reason in and of itself but you know I'd, I'd quite like the stuff that I'm writing to have a not a deeper purpose but a sort of you know a a meaning to them as well I think that that's and you start getting excited about the meaning of it and the the original idea and you know all of those sorts of things to answer the question
1: yeah because I sometimes like you think oh I want to jot that down but then I have that fear factor that runs through my head thinking what am I thinking about why is that even entering my head yeah. So you know, and I think you know, a lot of it, you know, when you do have the mental health strain and things like that, it's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, I can't. Yeah, but I, then I, can't I think be processing this.
3: in many ways, I think that's why I'm really passionate about encouraging people to write and to create and to to be involved in that because you know it, it's ludicrous. What a stupid thing to say. My job is as a is a writer. You know, I mean, that's just you know the the money that you earn is is pitiful, and you know it's 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 more about that sort of the joy of expressing yourself and anyone can have access to that and everyone should have access to it because the mental health benefits of expressing yourself even poorly um are phenomenal you know you 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 get to try out those ideas and then i think you know in some ways it, it feeds into what you were saying roman about the you know those ideas that pop into your head You know, some people would look at them and say they're intrusive thoughts, but you can also look at them and say, oh, it's just this sort of little creative thing that's going on. And I can put that into a folder and I can come back and see which ones have validity. And that, you know, that's more or less cognitive behavioral therapy in action, because you're saying don't worry about those thoughts. Don't don't sort of be alarmed by them. Just have somewhere to put them and to not be alarmed by them. (laughs) <laughs> and then go back to them and say, "Oh, but it's you know it'd be quite an interesting idea as a horror film or as a you know a scene in Neighbors or you know whatever it is that you're you particularly <laughs> inspired I, by." I,
1: I mean, I do have delusions of grandeur. I mean, I wasn't thinking like an episode of Hollyoaks or anything like that. You know, so <laughs> but, I
0: think you always, I, 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 you've always got to do stuff for you. Just do it if, if you like it. Like, um, I recently um, was watching an interview with the Russo brothers, who, who, who you know make. The biggest box office film of all time um, in Avengers yeah. Endgame or something like that, and they said we don't make movies for anybody else. We make movies that we want to watch. And that's it. That's yeah. their, their thought process is we we make movies for us, and that and that that's it. Hundred so, you know,
1: percent. Is it almost like a chef? You know, the, the chef shows themselves on a plate. It's food they want to eat, not what they want to serve. Yeah, essentially that really any it?
3: form of you know creativity and expression. It, it's you're you're not going out. I think it's really sad when you so there's a lot of people who use the Kindle platform and they, they write very calculated attempts to to sell to sell books essentially. So um a friend of mine writes pirate bonk busters. So you know bodice rippers on the sea and that sort of thing and you know Captain Jack sliding down a mast and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, she um is is really, really successful at them, and God bless her for that, but the um, she is quite calculated in, in how she approaches that, so she will um, do Facebook adverts for the book cover before she's even written the book, so she can look at what's the click-through rate on these covers, and it's only once she gets to a certain benchmark that she goes, right, okay, yeah, that's the book that I'm going to write, and, you know, it's she's doing it as a job, so that there's some validity to that but also i know that she writes a lot of extremely good fiction as well not saying that they're not good but they are written for a different purpose and i think that you know ultimately that's one of the greatest pleasures really isn't it is being able to express your the thoughts that you have and see if other people connect with them
0: that's why we do this podcast wrong
3: exactly or do yeah. for anybody
0: else because <laughs> You Know we're doing it for us. We have guests on who we think we want we want to talk to. We don't really have it do it for anybody else. The reason we asked to, you know, should anybody want a guest on is because we, we run out of ideas. That's about it. <laughs> don't tell them,
1: Stu. Let's edit this one out. Just do, guys, sh- share, share this with me. Do you remember Red Dwarf? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Holly at red dwarf? Yeah. Yeah. Just look at Shan. He does a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <clap>. <laughs> Case in Apparently. point. The original Holly. Yes, the
0: original. Holly, yes, um, the original. The, the, the,
3: yeah, not the girl. Not, not the girl. girl
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming from Carl Pilkington. Thanks very much. Ron.
1: <laughs> hey, no, no problem. No. You're welcome, Sean. You're welcome.
3: Do um do people ever call you rom com? Because I would.
1: Yeah. Nobed's call me that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no, yeah. no yeah, point. yeah yeah no no it's it's more I get more um dickhead <laughs> asshole <get> called that <laughs> if you no. ever
0: if you ever break out on your own rom and um, do a comedy based podcast if you don't call it romcom yeah. I'll never speak to you ever again
1: well yeah. my 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 video uh, work is random acorn random acorn me because random acorn is actually an anagram of rom and conrad.
3: Is it really? It is. Yeah, it is. Powerful.
1: I thought it was powerful when I, thought when I said it. I thought, wow, random acorn grows, yeah. grows into a
0: strong oak. Do you remember when you were doing <laughs> designs for your logo, though, and you showed them to me and Ross and we went, that was a little bit like a penis? Yes.
1: Right, but it did. <laughs> but because once you, once you see it, you can't
0: unsee somebody it. Somebody says, Rob, that looks like a penis. You go, oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. But then, but then, then I followed something else up and it looked like a chode.
3: <laughs> What's a chode?
1: What's a chode? Yeah, it's a small but fat cock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. I want, I, want that,
2: I want that. as my WhatsApp alert. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, <yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> oh, god! I could have some crackers on air now, can't we?
0: Have you ever trapped? Hey, your, wait, have you ever trapped your wait. children in an IKEA wardrobe, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no, not,
3: I've not got a chode. <laughs> Not anymore. Not after you trapped it. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I learned something tonight. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> How do you spell it? Out of interest. The H-O-D-Y-G-S. Is it? Should yeah.
1: we? Should we have a look? Let's let's Google this.
2: What could possibly go wrong? No, I would <laughs>
1: Don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> chode is a slang for penis wider than <laughs> than it is
0: long. Why? Can also so wider refer, than it is long.
1: Yeah, it can also refer to the perennium. The term is generally used for humor or as a mild insult. Mm. Fucking chode like that. <laughs> so yeah, a chode. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the Man V Fat podcast. I'm Dean Bax.
2: And like most men who have joined or thinking of joining Man V Fat, um, I've lost 61.5 kilos of weight in about six seasons. If you're thinking about joining Man V Fat, join up at manvfat.org. Moving away from... Uh, from, from <laughs> Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: what are you currently working on, Sean? Give us a little bit
3: of You were kind enough to ask whether I was going to write a sequel, and yes, that's definitely on the, the schedule of things to do. Um, but I'm currently writing a book about, I'm a little bit obsessed at the moment with uh, the race for Mars and how people are, um, that's kind of going to be the next big thing
2: that's quite topical at the moment as well because they're running out in the supermarkets aren't they so i think yeah with the lockdown coming <laughs> i can see it the, it, the it the race it, the race for the mars bars i like it <laughs> is, race is, is, mars. Yeah, <laughs> it was is, is, is it as
1: bad as for this for the stickers <laughs> yeah.
0: did
3: uh did anyone know did you hear what um nasa's announcement was about mars was it the water on mars was,
0: i thought ball, it, was the moon. it was a
1: little
3: ball we found one moon sorry yeah
1: yeah Found water on the moon, didn't they? On the surface, is that, it is the that surface. what
3: the announcement was? Because that's Some, pretty disappointing. But.
1: Yeah, you kind of think people haven't been there to see all the water on the moon.
3: Yeah, and also I thought they knew that anyway. Um, so the book that I'm writing next is about <laughs> the race for Mars, and it's about <clears throat> it's um, looking at it in the context of Brexit, and kind of because the weird thing is. Every so often, you know, like, you, you have so many cold sweats about Trump and coronavirus and all those things. And it's like all of these things, these reasons for giving you the cold sweats are just queuing up, and there's too many of them now. So every so often you go, oh, fuck, yeah, Brexit's happening in, like, <laughs> nine weeks. And, and then you go, oh, but that's, we still haven't got a deal. And if we don't have a deal, that's, like, categorically awful and even if we do have a deal it's still pretty awful and and you think you know you know when you just you, you're never quite sure what you should be horrified by at any particular turn um so yeah so looking at because you can only I, can, I don't know about you guys but I can only see britain's standing in the world diminishing as a result of it and it's just i think for for our generation um it's it just feels like such a backward step towards the the kind of that is that would be approved by the people who believe that you know we still might have an empire um and I don't think any of us are like that. I would rather be part of a bigger group than just us on our own, and I think it so yeah so the the book is is primarily about how um, a race for Mars might happen in a world of politics that's besieged by populism and brexit
1: you know you know like you've semi predicted what's going to happen in 2020 yeah i think you're like the new simpsons (laughs) so basically you're predicting what's going to happen for the race of mars
3: yeah okay well i'll give you one prediction that i've made in the book because i'm very careful not to make too many futurologist type predictions because i'm terrible at them um, our family had a Betamax, as an example. Um, so...
0: A very, uh, even though, very yeah. underused format.
3: <laughs> very, it was the better format, as my mum still likes. If you start my mum off on the Betamax, then she just goes, we got it because it was the better format.
0: That's what people like, mini discs. Really said. <laughs> mini discs.
3: yeah. I don't know. Oh, dear. Um zip drive we're we'll going back, we'll go back to zip.
2: vaults versus thingies aren't we amps, <laughs> amps. What, what was it? what was his name oh i should not i can see the picture of him i can't forget I remember his name oh um edison that's no it was it was the other guy the other the tesla. Le- tesla that's his name
3: yeah yeah there you yeah. go so my prediction is that um they in the intervening years between now and 2038 when the book is set they changed the name of the Mars Bar to the Unity Bar. Say that to the bank. Unity Bar. But then they change it back to Mars Bar because of the race to Mars. And everyone's complaining about the fact that they've got used to it being called the Unity Bar.
0: Like, imagine if they change your Snickers back to a marathon.
3: Oh, man. Can you imagine?
0: It's just the world would
3: collapse. We're, we're, Opal fruits were starburst, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see, I couldn't even think of them as April fruits these days.
2: Oh no, I like. I did like. I don't like a starburst. I like an apple fruit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Don't even get me started on New Coke, which is the uh, which is the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs>
1: New, new Coke?
2: Um, you've been to Columbia? Coke. You
0: might be a bit younger. You, you're too young, actually, Ron, to remember New Coke. I, I wonder yeah. what that
1: white on your nose was, mate,
0: if I'm honest. <laughs> I've never done that in my life. Um, yeah, so I think he's very topical, and I'm mad into the, the race for Mars. I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All that. I
3: mean, the, 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 the sort of thinking at the moment is that Mars will have to be done as a global um, endeavour. And I don't think that's going to happen because I just don't think that we will ever have a species of humans where we're able to cooperate across borders. So I, I've taken it back to the idea that it will be per nations and also that it will be largely funded by billionaires.
0: Which is very much mm. very topical with uh, SpaceX.
3: It's oh, a well, very true. Yeah. how long does it take to get there
2: is it about 30 years
3: i don't say it depends Uh, how fast you're going well i mean broadly it does depend how fast you're going but (laughs) the um the difficulty is is about weight in terms of you know getting enough uh force to take you out of the earth's gravity yeah and then you know which is why the heavy boosters work so well because you can sort of you can take yourselves out of gravity and then they return back to earth and you can reuse them so that helps with overall costs so um roughly speaking about three months i oh, think okay. at the moment don't know where i got that from man i thought it was like <clears> i thought <throat> it was like nearly generational so, no. yeah, it's, th- there, it's 33 million miles, million miles kilometers miles
1: oh, okay so like yeah. you researched like the science of of like mars as well because i, I can imagine the growth of a human on Mars is going to be different to a growth of a human on Earth.
3: Because of the gravity?
1: Well, I don't know. It's a different system, isn't it? So,
3: is it? Yeah, I mean, so the, the I don't know if you've read The Martian, but The Martian was, like, just exquisitely detailed. And But what... Uh, so Andy Weir wrote The Martian, and what he did so well was that the, the detail was actually integral to the plot, rather than it just being, look at all this amazing detail I've managed to think of. And it became, you know, otherwise it could become really dry and boring. But Andy Weir is is perfect for writing that sort of thing. I think he was an engineer by trade. Um, I am not, so mine is largely about, um, you know, different. It takes a different approach. So it's it's more on the comedy of the scenario, and it's a bit more satirical. There's quite a lot of rabbits in it. Rabbits. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave that with you.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: There wasn't much we could go anywhere with that one, was there? I was, I was trying to think of a rabbit spacey pun, and I, I was really struggling.
1: Can't uh, book you your hair? Yeah, did oh, you
2: not get that one? God, yeah. Toads
0: beware. Do you know what
1: I
2: mean? I'm older than you two.
0: Yeah, we know. We, we look at you, and we can tell by your face.
2: Don't. Should we count grey hairs, Stu?
0: Yeah, no, maybe not.
1: At least you've got air. <laughs> I mean, look <could> this. Cheers. No, that's it. me chode. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when he gets off this, he goes, oh, love, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that, called a chode.
2: I've got I... <laughs> a name for it there. <laughs> uh,
1: brilliant. Brilliant. The crazy oh, that's thing that's
0: about that's... The, the the race to Mars is, this this will pretty much happen within our lifetimes.
3: Yeah, I think my lifetime. I'm not so sure about you, Stu, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not, not, not that great. Do <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Is it that? Yeah, it like bad. seriously. Yeah. But like, this will be the big, you know, event of probably our lifetime. I mean, I'd be
3: pretty disappointed if we weren't all like still kicking in t- late 2030s. I mean, it's only like 18 years away, isn't it?
0: Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's true
2: yeah do you reckon it's going to be like an eden project where it's just it's it's like that where they're all just locked in obviously it's going to be biospheres or whatever it is and things like that or do you reckon it's going to come to a point where we're going to colonize it as in I think like the a, only reason... atmosphere wise and and do you think we're going to be able to find the technology to do the atmosphere
3: and or is it just yeah, going to be I all mean, kind of do dumbed... think... all problems are solvable with regard to the, the journey to Mars. I mean, one of the big problems really is that outside of the Earth's atmosphere, we're exposed to over the you know, the course of three months, for example, that you were traveling to Mars, you're exposed to an awful lot of radiation. So the, the, one of the amazing things that the Earth's atmosphere does is it, it protects us from that radiation. So that's, we, our bodies are a bit soft and squishy uh, for interstellar travel, which is potentially going back to what Ron was saying about how we might develop as as we go forward. You know, we might become a bit more adapted to that. I think the overall, the only reason that we would go to Mars is, is with the intention of becoming an interplanetary species because people are increasingly concerned about the idea of something happening on Earth that wipes us all out here. Whereas if we are, Stretched across two planets and looking to to go across more, then you know it's uh, it's vanishingly unlikely that we would all get wiped out at the same time.
0: Did you watch um, the National Geographical series Mars as recently? I did. Was yeah, made, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved
3: it. Yeah, it's terrific, and and that is um, it really brought up a lot of the the issues that are around. You know Mars. You know psychological, physical, um, practical, financial, all of those sorts of things. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's really highly recommended.
0: If you get a chance, after
3: people buy my book, that is yeah. before and after, which is available on Amazon.
1: There is a there is another factual documentary about Mars. It's called um, it's called Total Recall. Um, <laughs> I Don't know if you've seen it, um, but as soon as the, the Mars race happens, what I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, create a. Um, I'm mean, gonna yeah, create a product where you can actually put a, a membrane implant in you, um, and you can think mm. about going to going to Mars. I
2: thought you were gonna say you make a product that holds three breasts. That's
3: what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mutation happens, mate. It's just only a matter of time.
3: But that's do what you know is. the name of the book that that's based on?
1: Total Recall.
3: Yeah.
0: Do astronauts dream of? No, that's um...
1: no, it's Blade Runner. <laughs> do do androids dream of? Uh... I tried reading yeah. that. It's a hard read. Uh, probably not to you, Sean. You're probably like way advanced from that. But
3: um... <laughs> write books, don't read them. They're awful.
1: <laughs> yes. Why? Why read someone else's trash when I can write my own? <laughs> so, so um... no. What? Go on, Sean. What was it? What is it?
3: I think it's um, we can remember it for you wholesale. I think it's called. And speaking, so, you know, I'm gonna, of... I'm not going to Google it.
2: And speak, speaking <laughs> of questions.
1: A word to describe a guy who is a complete asshole. Um
2: Are you under that? Is there a picture of you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> bit bit called for there, Ross, To i honest. Um Yeah, no, I love you. you able to find you in the dictionary. You, you are oh, go,
2: go on, find me. Sweetheart,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, anyway, moving on. What was the quiz? We, we we forgot to say, have you got a pen and paper handy, Shan? Oh, no, is it, is it just calling out and calling it out? What we'll we do, Ross?
2: You can just call it out, it's fine, it's not a problem. I'm not going was looking at how long we've been on. I was only really going to do five and just leave it at that. <laughs> Oh,
3: good
2: good nice, idea, nice and easy. So, the well, world, it's only just five random sport questions. Um, oh, I'll ask, not, I'll,
3: uh, yeah. Um, more fluid sport.
2: well, the, if I know some of them, you're gonna get some of them right. Let's let's
3: be <laughs> yeah, I mean, fine. I don't mind I, to be honest, is, I don't mind getting five wrong because I'm assuming that there's no punishment for you know, you've any. got to get your chode out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm oh, right. going to edit this because I'm editing the show so
0: <laughs> i just like, that, that's it. What if we send you an IKEA wardrobe and you have to put it together yourself? <laughs> <laughs> just using
3: your testicles.
1: <laughs> oh, shine a light.
3: Well, <laughs> then hit me with it, Ross.
2: Okay, here we go. Question one What is Usain Bolt's 100 meter world record time?
3: Ooh. Ooh. Nine point seven four. Okay, Stu. Nine point six two. Wrong. I
0: thought
1: it was nine
2: point six six. Nine point five eight. Oh, blinking it. We didn't give me credit. Shifts, oh, did didn't we? Any enough credit there, did we? No. Didn't yeah. quit, it? Uh, and I, this is the one I knew. <laughs> uh, which England footballer was famously never given a yellow card? I'll go in the same order.
3: Uh, Lineker.
0: Stu. Um, Gary Pallister.
1: Rom. The English. Uh, Famously. So it's got to be someone who's just had straight reds, hasn't it? So it's got to be someone like, what's his name? Who's who's a psycho that started acting?
3: Oh, Jones.
1: Yeah,
0: Vinny Jones. Hey, play for Wales, Ron. <laughs> oh, right, Ron's Giggs. gone, Vinny Jones.
2: It's Gary Lineker. Well done, yeah. Sean.
1: <laughs> oh, He's happy now. I've just shown his chode.
2: <laughs> Good, Good luck editing that chode. <laughs> <laughs> Which footballer?
0: The biggest chode. <laughs> It's turned into.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right, okay. Question three. How many world titles has Phil Taylor won in darts? Now, don't ask me when this was. Don't, I'm only reading the questions.
3: Um, he's a good Stoke lad, so I should know this. 18. Stu. I was going to... 31. Oh, get lost.
1: Ram, I, I was gonna go 15 because I know nothing about darts.
2: 16. Well done, Ram. You were the closest.
1: I know, oh. everything. I know everything about darts, mate.
2: Just... <laughs> <laughs> That's normally my total of three
3: darts, to be fair. She
1: oh, <laughs> went double, she just went out there.
3: Oh, double top, double top.
1: Oh, there, yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was the only player to have scored in the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, Conference, FA Cup, League Cup, Football League, uh, Football League Trophy, FA Trophy, Champions League, Europa League, Scottish Premier League, Scottish Cup and Scottish League Cup. Don't ask me to repeat that.
1: Can you repeat the question, please?
2: (laughs) Which player scored
3: a lot? (laughs) (laughs) I think I I know the answer, but I don't know... Player's name, which it sounds like I don't know the answer. <laughs> it, I think it's the lad who went uh, to Celtic. Um, oh, black lad who played up front. Oh, I can't remember his name.
1: Oh, oh Defoe. What? Defoe?
3: No. No, I think he was Caribbean.
1: She's, she's got it.
3: All uh, right, go on, oh. Ron. I'll, I'll bypass you.
1: Well, I just, I I was thinking Jamie Vardy until he said the Scottish, and I was like, yeah. absolutely. And then, like, I, I don't know, Enric Larson, but then I don't know. I,
3: oh, it was Larson. Yeah, maybe Larson. Larson's not so a like, bad but shout.
1: He, but he was, oh, Edgar Davids, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? No. Who, who cares? Who cares, Stu? You're, awesome. You,
2: I've, I love it when you're confident. I love it. He's, he sits, swings in his chair, side to side on his spinny chair, and <laughs> just that. shakes his head at everybody else when they're giving their answers. Come on, Stu. Not the only thing is shaking. It's all bravado
0: because I'm only probably 75 percent sure, but I think it's Scott Sinclair. It's actually
2: oh. actually somebody called Gary Hooper. Is it?
1: Ooh. Who's Gary Hooper? I don't know,
2: Ron. That's why I read the questions.
1: Somebody who scored a lot, apparently.
0: There we are. We well, scored
3: in all them competitions. There you go. Gary Hooper. Scott Sinclair played for Stoke briefly on loan from Chelsea. Who's that good.
0: Yeah, well, I th- that's why I had it in my head, but I think it might, I might be influenced by you saying <laughs> you played for Celtic. Who knows?
3: Yeah. I, I wonder who it was. I'll It'll come to me. I'll wake up at four o'clock in the
0: morning and go, Whoa. shout his name. If you for Have you finished, Rom. Uh, Ross, I've got one more. Go on, sorry.
2: I'll I'll do this one for Rom. I've just lost it now because I was. Where's it gone? Which WWE superstar did Tyson Fury wrestle in 2019? Just for you, Rom.
1: Yeah, that 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 answer would be Braun Strowman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew he'd know it. Well That's done, Rom. Yeah, Braun uh, Strowman.
3: Nice. Funnily enough, Braun Strowman's an anagram of Stuart Norman, so.
0: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say The Ultimate Warrior, but I think I might have been out by uh, for decades.
2: Are you Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Braun
1: Strowman.
3: It was a yeah, f- I was going to say Braun Strowman, but Raymond got there first.
0: If, if you Absolutely. could be any character from a post- Apocalyptic film. What character yeah. would you be? Shamrock. Mad, Mad Max. Mad Max will go with Ross.
3: <laughs> yeah. But the guy from Mad Max um, Fury Road who plays the fire guitar.
0: That guy is amazing. Have you seen, you, yeah. have you seen that, Ross?
2: No, I don't think oh. I've, I've only ever seen the remake of Mad Max. To be fair, That's I don't think I've seen the original. That's oh, the obviously, bottom, oh, yeah, again, please it's please please the guy that's on the front of the, finger out at
0: the end. <laughs> ah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah
0: Ross, hey, um, Rob. sorry, Rom.
2: Can you get our names right today, please?
3: No,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, any post-apocalyptic. You've just given. you just. Give, You've just, you just opened up a world of my world and just gone, Rom. I'm gonna throw a bouncy ball. I want you to chase it, and then come <laughs> back to me when you've got the answer. When you found it, um, do you know? I always, I always liked in the George A. Romero, um, *Dawn of the Dead*, was the um, the black dude um, who actually the gave the, t- the, the yeah survives. Yeah, what was it? What was it? Roger was it? Roger in it? Um, mm. And he was. Was it Roger? He was the he was the, he was the coolest guy. Do you know who he was? He was actually do you remember Keenan and Kel? Yeah. Uh, it was the dad out of Keenan and Kel.
3: Was
1: it? Yeah, he was the dad out of Keenan and Kel. And really? yeah, and he was the coolest guy. And it's when he uttered the word of uh, the tagline, it's like when there's no more room in the hell, the devil yeah. will walk the earth. And he was just the coolest guy because he was the 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 SWAT leader. He was kind of like, do you know what? You don't don't mess with this dude and that, that for yeah. me is just like yeah it's when it, also when they're in the, when they're in the <clears> helicopter, <throat> helicopter and she goes did you uh, did you lose some street brothers or some real brothers because he goes you know who are you living by he goes some brothers he's just one of the coolest <laughs> coolest guys ever I, I was going to jump gonna...
2: in and give another answer but I, I, yeah. I was going to go and ask Stu because I didn't want to let Stu not get asked his own question
0: oh. I would be uh, Bernie from Weekend at Bernie too.
3: I would be, um, you know, in. Did we agree that Dawn of the Dead is the one in the shopping mall? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be the zombie from that who is looking curiously at the mannequin, and the the waves of irony that come off it. I would be probably the mannequin.
0: That's <laughs> the thinking man zombie right there. Not the not the <laughs> Harry Krishna
1: zombie. Oh, yeah. The Harry Christian zombie was the uh, and then there was the That's poster okay. boy. Um, fun fact the poster boy of uh, Donald the Dead was he only turned up on one day, uh, and this went, this dolled him up, and he's like, dude, yeah, just take a good picture. And that was the, the poster boy of him. No way, yeah, you said fun yeah. fact
0: there, man. I don't know whether that was fun.
1: You just <laughs> <laughs> we share different humor, Stu.
0: What What, what was your second answer going to be, Ross?
2: Uh, was Will Smith in I Am Legend? He was, he was pretty cool. Or the dog. I hated the movie, but that, yeah. he was still pretty cool. I and the movie, And he listened to Bob Marley, so I was quite happy with that. Do
3: you know what book I Am Legend is based off?
1: The Omega Man.
3: Um,
1: no, The Omega no, Man's think... based off I Am Legend.
3: Yeah, so the book is actually I Am Legend, and then they made The Omega Man, and then they made I Am Legend. Yeah. yeah. Fact, not fun.
1: <laughs>
0: Medical
1: facts. <test. laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. The uh... I'd be I'd be Woody Harrelson from Zombieland. Oh uh,
1: okay.
3: Oh yeah, or Bill Murray. Bill Murray oh,
0: yes.
3: You know, yeah. it's like the thing about Batman, isn't it? Always be yourself unless you have the opportunity to be Batman, in which case be Batman, but that, but with Bill <laughs> yeah. Murray.
1: Just to stand corrected, it's Peter out of Dawn of the Dead. I, I knew I was wrong. Roger was the the other SWAT guy. It was Peter. Thanks, I can, Ken, I, can
0: I can definitely sleep soundly at night. Ken, I said, I'll Ken
1: <laughs> hey no no problem. I just I, I just wanted to make you aware of
3: that because it, it was doing my head. Yeah.
0: You? On that note, Shan, thank you for coming on. Once You're again, more
3: than welcome. I've learned so much.
0: <laughs> the bookie. <is, laughs> book you called. can't finish with
3: that because we're <laughs> Can not finish that up? Because when this is edited, you've got to learn
1: anything
0: at all. <laughs> the book is you've out got to now. Leave it in there
3: somewhere. Sorry.
0: The book is out now, Sean, available on Amazon before and after.
3: I've just started it. It is, yeah. If you go to um, the URL, www.helpbiscuits, H e l p b i s c u i t s. it should, .com, it should take you to your relevant Amazon store or it'll break, in which case it won't, and then just Google it.
2: Could they also could they go to your website, www.helloshan.co.uk?
3: They could go there, or they could come and follow my rantings on Twitter at Nervous Crying, or they, I'm probably going to delete all of these social media accounts, though. So just come and see me at Hello Shan. Or just give us a ring. I'm, I'm on the phone. Knock at your door. Yeah.
1: Well, come round. i have a brew. Yeah. <laughs> after
3: lockdown. After lockdown, yeah, obviously yeah. after lockdown. You know. thank you very much for having me guys Thanks. it's been a pleasure uh, I can't imagine what you're going to whittle this down to after editing yeah,
1: Roman, 15 minutes Roman Ted, <laughs> you know what I on. honestly think that we should during lockdown let them have the whole show because what else can get <laughs> better, worse <laughs> than this know. 2020 I'll, you know I'll I mean? send you a
0: couple of notes Roman <laughs> 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 just throw a couple of things down here that you might want to take out <laughs> fuck it
3: 2020 have it a uh, lot. will
0: come you come back know. on when the next book comes out
3: of course, I will. In forty episodes' time, yeah. it's tradition. But
0: what we'll do is, because it's your third, your third time on uh, Roman's going to get you, a, get you a prize.
1: Yeah, you'll be a hat trick. You'll be a hat hero. Yeah, the golden like, showed.
3: Who, who has also been a hat trick hero? There must be someone else.
1: Well, by default, we've only had one, and that was um, um, Mike Richard. But he was only a featurette of the um, the S- Etihad. Yeah.
3: One. Yeah,
1: so, what's it called? What was it? Three podcast. times,
0: but only as a bit of a yeah. So back. we class
1: it. Yeah, it's not officially three times. Yeah. It's just yeah. a two and a two point five. Um, so I will.
3: i be in the two point five club surely yeah, because my first one. episode. Yeah,
2: is that funny enough? We
3: should. Is that classed as two and a chode? <laughs> 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 okay. We probably should have talked about man v fat at some point.
1: No, no, we did. Oh yeah. Good. the product placement the guys, in the book in the next chapter they, so, they,
0: these guys are inducted they know what they are the guys listening know what man <laughs> <is talking about.
1: laughs> I mean come on we talk about man V fat enough don't we really so I'm, yeah, sure, true. I'm sure I'm sure true. sometimes it's a bit of off season for us you see we
3: wanted right bit, okay you know? Yeah.
1: so there you go
0: thanks for listening Excellent. guys thanks very much for having me no problem thanks for coming on thanks for listening guys Um listening again soon we'll be back with a new episode if Roman gets his finger out and gets someone booked in relatively soon